Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, Global Church. Good morning, all the friends of Global. And uh, a really a warm welcome to you today. Uh, it's great that you join us. And you know, we have a saying in Global, you can belong before you believe. And uh, this lockdown period is, is good in one sense that uh, there isn't a service for people to come to. We, we've got to uh, come to you in that respect. And um, you can actually, uh, you know, click in, log on or whatever it is that we do and, uh, and get the flavour of Global without actually having to go to a service. And, and people like that, that kind of incognito bit that, you know, nobody knows. And, uh, and, and that's good because the Bible says, come taste and see that the Lord is good. And we want more and more people to get it. And so many people have been put off church. They've got caricature ideas of what church is like in, instead of knowing the real thing. And there's many different types of churches. Global's a type of church. We're not for everyone, but we are for someone. And, uh, you, you know, we're not a one size fits all uh, kind of church, but, um, it, you know, you can go to, to different types, even in the city of York, throughout Britain, uh, you know, throughout the world. But, it, you know, we love churches that uh, believe the Bible and teach from the Bible, but also are filled with the Holy Spirit because the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit and the Word are meant to work and operate together in your life. And uh, put them two things together, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, and the Bible. And when the Holy Spirit takes hold of God's word and applies it into your heart, boom! You know, you get transformation, you get illumination, you get like that light bulb moment, you get wisdom beyond your years. It's fantastic. Anyway, today I want to look at um, uh, the fact that many, many people uh, communicate, but few connect. And during this enforced downtime, within your family, within your relationships, um, it's important how we use our words. And they've got to come from a, a heart that's, that's full of God's love. Let me read to you uh, what the Bible says about love. It says, love is patient. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Ouch. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. That's a good one for us men. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs, ladies. <clears throat> Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Eh? With that kind of love, we're going to have strong families, strong relationships, strong marriages. And uh, I want to give us some tips and tricks today of how we can connect um, with our communication. If you don't connect, it's all blah, 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 blah. It's all white noise. But when you connect, your words are meaningful. You know, the Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. You can either bring life or death into your home by what you speak. In fact, even Jesus said, you know, what goes into your body doesn't make you unclean. It's what comes out that makes you unclean. 
and um, and I want to say uh, I, I heard a, a while ago from a, a man, from a, a preacher, and he talked about uh, how perfume. I used to apply perfume years ago when it was first created and as a spray, and um, and you would spray the perfume, and then uh, a lady would spray it, and then she would walk into it, and that's how you would apply perfume. Um, once once we'd invented sprays, but you know. Uh, atmospheres are like that. Your words create an atmosphere. Uh, my question today is what kind of atmosphere? Because people are going to walk into your atmosphere. And let's hope it's a, 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 a sweet smelling one. <laughs> sweet smelling one, sorry. Um, so life and death are in the power of the tongue. The Bible says that reckless words pierce the heart like a sword. Just coming out and talking off the top of your head and saying daft things when somebody's, you know, not on your page, not in your wavelength, reckless words can pierce like a heart. Uh, sorry, pierce like a sword. Another one, another proverb says, uh, the foolish woman, what she builds with her hands, she destroys with her tongue, with her words. Um, Ephesians, the book of Ephesians in the Bible says that man's anger doesn't bring about God's will. And often as men, if we're stuck with something, we, you know, the more angry we can get, the more we get through it. And often that works for us. But during relationships, it doesn't. Man's anger doesn't bring about uh, God's will. And I want to say this, that in the lockdown, you, it's, it's unreal. It's not a real situation. It's a greenhouse. Everything has a greenhouse effect. And, it, you know, things grow quickly in a greenhouse. Tempers can fray quickly. Uh, good things can happen far, far easier and far quickly, uh, far more quickly because it's a greenhouse effect. It's not, a, it's not real. It's not real. Uh, it's not even a sustainable thing. You, we've, it's, we're in lockdown. Now we've got to manage it and uh, you've got to dig deep. Just say to, your, say to your partner outside of you, you've got to dig deep. He's speaking to you. <laughs> dig deep. So people possess different perspectives, personalities and struggles. And that causes them to react the way they do. And so we're all different, uh, every one of us. You know, um, four different types of personality that psychologists have come up with. And uh, I just want to read some of these. are fascinating. I love things like this. This is a great book by Tim LaHaye. It's called Transformed Temperaments. And um, the first one I want to have a look at, because these temperaments will be in your family. Uh, sanguine. Sanguine temperament is somebody that's undisciplined, unstable, restless, undependable, loud, exaggerates everything. And yet on a positive, they're outgoing and enthusiastic and warm, friendly, compassionate and carefree. It's actors, salesmen and speakers who tend to be sanguine. People like Zoe Ball, uh, the radio broadcaster or DJ on, on radio tour, Russell Brand, the comedian and, and uh, an actor. Then you've got choleric. They're often sarcastic, domineering, inconsiderate, can be cruel, self-sufficient. On a positive, they're determined, independent, optimistic, practical, productive. They are, they're leaders, they're confident. I think of people like Alex Ferguson here or Katie Hopkins. A melancholic type is often gifted, analytical, sensitive, 
a perfectionist, um, idealist, loyal, self-sacrificing, but can be self-centered and moody, can be negative and critical and uh, unsociable and revengeful. Artists, musicians, inventors, philosophers, professors, they tend to be of the melancholic type, like Rag and Bone Man or, or uh, Amy Winehouse, Johnny Depp. Phlegmatic uh, types, um, they can be stingy, indecisive, fearful, uh, self-protected, selfish on a positive, they're calm, easygoing, dependable, conservative, you don't like too much change, a diplomat, a leader, humorous. I think of Theresa May when I think of phlegmatic, James May, you know, of Top Gear, and uh, my wife Shelley. She's, she's phlegmatic, she's awesome. Calm, dependable, efficient. <laughs> so we, we, we all have different backgrounds. Uh, you know, we come, come from different environments, but on the inside, we're all wired differently. But, you know, scientists and, uh, sorry, um, social, uh, social sciences have given us these four types. And so um, it gets complex, it's complicated. People are complex and complicated, and, and you are. And that's why we need the gospel, because the gospel gives us what our parents didn't. Our parents gave us human life. God gives us the qualities that go along with eternal life. And so now we can put on love that we never had, and it's a gift. We, we can put on, we can have patience worked into us. We can have that reflex that says, I need to change for the sake of others. Whereas before, you're a believer, it's like, why do I have to change? Let them change, take me as you find me. And it's like, no, 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 when you're a believer, you're a servant and you're a servant of all. And you find that life is more interesting that way and life is far more rewarding that way. And so people possess different perspectives, personalities and struggles. And so they all react in, the, in, in different ways. Here are some of the common sources of conflict and difficulty uh, with, with people. Personality and relationship clashes. You can imagine a sanguine, somebody that's loud and outgoing and undependable, uh, you know, trying to relate to somebody uh, like, a, a, what are they called, a phlegmatic, who is dependable, who is calm, who doesn't like change. Uh, doesn't like the big ups and downs of life. Sanguine loves that. It's an adventure. Sanguine people love getting lost just for the experience. It's fantastic. I'm a sanguine. <laughs> it's great when the Holy Spirit gets hold of your personality type. He transforms it. The negative sides begin to melt and drop off. And the positive sides of that characteristic trait come strong. And I think you're, you're probably you're bright enough to understand that as you look the different types of personality you're a little bit of, of you can see a, a bit of everything in you but but there'll be one that's most dominant in your life but also more importantly dominant in the lives of the people around you in this lockdown period and if you're going to connect with them you've got to understand them you've got to see some things like that we have to work at our communication even in the family especially in the family so personality even then, I've got three sons. I've got, you know, the firstborn. He is a character. He's loud and proud and he's there. 
And then, you know, the second son, he's, he, he, I were going to say he's more quiet. He isn't so much now. He's, he's you know, he's maturing. He's a, they're all men. But as a younger boy, you know, he was the quiet, shy child. And then number three, he's the one that goes under the radar. You just don't know where he is. He watches all the things that go on. He thinks, I'm going to do it my way somewhere else. And, and then uh, we didn't have... Uh, a, a number four but if there is a number four I reckon they'll get even more under the radar because parents the, the the more kids you have you're very strict with the first one and then it just dwindles <laughs> if you have six or seven kids you think just do as you please <laughs> but personality and relationship clashes understand that and understand the different types of relationship I'm a dad I'm a husband and uh, and I'm also uh, a, a believer in Jesus so there's different a aspects of my life and and they, they clash at times uh, and they also complement you know when you've got it working you know working good but we're all a work in progress what a message that is what a word we are all a work in progress you married a work in progress or you're now living and creating a family with somebody that's a work in progress so let's cut each, each other some slack during this time unspoken and unmet expectations bring difficulties and you know people often think that we're all mind readers and you know self-pity is a terrible thing it's an awful affliction don't give it a moment in your life. But, you know, unspoken and unmet expectations, it's like, well, you didn't do this. It's like, I didn't even know. And, and now that I do know, I'm probably not going to do it because I'm irritated by you. And, and so speak them out. Tell people what you expect. Uh, insecurity and identity issues. You know, teenagers that are in your household are going to go through that. You know, they're trying to find out who they are. And, um, you know, young lads now want to become men and they resent their dad a little bit. They're like, well, I'm all right, I can do this. They even think, you know, young lads think that they can take their dad. Dads, you've got to nail that quick. <laughs> I'm joking. I am joking. But you're going to have to deal with it. We all have to deal with it. And love is a key, uh, is a key attribute uh, that we bring to our sons and daughters to help them find their identity. And, um, you know, isn't it funny as you're out then trying to find their identity, you're still trying to find yours at 30 odd or even 40, 40 something. Come on, you're never too late to find it. The key is Jesus Christ. Give your life to Jesus and all of a sudden you start to know who you are, why you're alive, your purpose for living. And uh, you, you see stuff in your character, you think, I don't like this about me. And because God has hardwired each one individually, you know what's you and what's not you. Your identity starts to shine through. It's fantastic. It is fantastic. Unresolved conflict from past wounds is another area. When people have not been healed of past hurts, you know, we've got to, you've just got to be aware of that. And some, some kids have trauma at school. Uh, some young kids have trauma at school. They're bullied. Teenagers are bullied and stuff. We've got to be aware of that. Because they behave when they're behaving in a in a, a, a weird way, you think, you, you know, them kicking off because they don't like chicken for tea is not the reason. There's something behind that, and uh, you know we've just got to become a little bit more sensitive because we're in lockdown and it's intense. It can get intense, I should say at times. Independent attitudes and inflexible perspectives, and so many people, you know, immaturity 
is where you just want to be independent. That's it. That's so immature because we're living in a world that God created to have community and uh, inflexible perspectives, inflexible attitudes. You know, the only person that suffers with these things, this individual, strong, independent attitude is, is you. The one that has that independent attitude, because if it doesn't go your way, you can't cope. And, you know, leaders have that attitude to an extent and it's necessary. It can work for good. Um, but you have to you have to season it. You have to you have to work with it, because as a leader, when things don't go your way, you have to train yourself how to handle disappointment and how to see it from other people's perspectives. And so think about that when you're communicating to your partner, your husband, your wife. Think about, you know, what kind of personality they are they? They're not going to put up with drivel if they're, a, if they're a, a, a choleric, you know, a high achiever. You've got to think some things through. During this time, you might think, I've married the wrong person. And it's like, no, 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 you've probably married the right person. But now you've got to learn how to handle each other, how to manage each other, how to bring the best out of each other key Jesus Christ he gives you wisdom the Bible says he is our wisdom from God he gives you wisdom that you can't get in books and things he drops he flicks a word of wisdom into your mind if you'll just wait a moment before you go on a rant not to self he'll flick something into your mind flick a word of wisdom that just unlocks a situation and you know something as you start to look at your your marriage your relationships and you think I've married the wrong person. We're not compatible. Well, you, you can learn that. Romance will not learn anything. It just wants it all to come on a plate. But working at relationships, my goodness me, if you're prepared to work, you'll bring the best out of each other. You know, we had a, a guy once from Sweden. He was a fantastic guy, Henrik Kakur. And uh, his take on marriage was this. And his special services trained, so we listened to him intently. <laughs> <laughs> and he said uh, about him and his wife, he said, we decided that if there's no such thing as divorce uh, in the kingdom of heaven, in the Christian world, he said, then we want, I want to be the best husband for her. I don't want to be a stumbling block. And she, and she wants to be the best wife for me. And me and Shella listened to that and we just thought that resonated with us. We'd never articulated it like that, but that's how we feel. And we work at it. And uh, a marriage made in heaven needs working at on earth. And so um, I'm just going through the kind of these are these are the the the, um, the kind of red flags that I'm flying up, flagging up, you know, saying these are the issues and the, the types of personalities that we're having to deal with in the lockdown. And our words can bring, you know, strong blessing or strong goodness and, and resourcing to our families or real strong attacks and, and dis destructive uh, um, effects within the family. And so just to finish with, I want to give us six tips and tricks of how to connect in your communication. Number one, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And tone is important. And if you're careless with your tone, it, your words don't land the way that you intended and uh, it brings disruption and destruction. And so it's not what you say, but how you say it, what's your tone? What's your, what's your body language and your facial expressions? Because all that's communication. Number two, it's not what you say, 
but how they hear it. See, communication is about them, not just about you. And, uh, and so how, how are they uh, receiving what you're saying? Are they ready to receive it? Sometimes you have to build a bridge with your kindness and your goodness in order for the truth that you're going to drop into somebody's life for the truth to walk over. Have you, have you been building bridges recently? Have you been reinforcing bridges? You know, if you've got to bring something strong to your partner, is the relational bridge strong enough to receive what you're about to say? If not, build the bridge first. You know, we deal with all sorts of things. You can imagine almost four decades in ministry. And, uh, you know, one woman came, she became a believer and she confessed that she'd been unfaithful to her husband. And, uh, and you know, we, she, she said uh, um, she was counseled to go and tell her husband. And when we heard, we're going, no, 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 no. What's your relationship like? And the relationship was very rocky and we're going, well, you've got to build that up. There's a time that you'll need to confess it. But first, you've got to, you've got to build your relationship. Uh, to re you've got to build that bridge uh, before the truth walks over it. And so it's not just enough to say what you think. Um, if you're going to connect and if you're going to be a great communicator, um, then it's not what you say, but how they hear it. And it's number three, it's not what you say, but it's when you say it. And uh, again, I've just probably explained that, you know, is, is, is the time right to say it? Some things need to be dealt with straight away, but some things, even in this intense time, if it wasn't an intense time, some things you wouldn't put up with. But because it's an intense time, some things you've just got to live with it and deal with it when there's more space to deal with it. I hope that lands with you. Uh, you know, it's not a normal time for any of us. The whole world is, you know, there's a song called There's a Kind of Hush All Over the World. You've got to be 300 to have bought that, that record. But the, the, the point is, it's not normal. Our existence now, uh, the, exis the existential climate has changed. And hopefully it's temporary. And when we get out of here, will be better communicators and there'll be time to say some of the things that have become apparent and clear within the relational network of your family. That'll be the time to say some things. So just hold on some things. But where you can, it's not how you say it, it's not what you say, but how you say it. It's not what you say, but how they hear it. It's not what you say, but it's when you say it. Number four, it's not what you say, but how you live it. Are you living what you're expecting others? Um, and be, be careful of superlatives like you never, you never say sorry. You always alert. You watch out for them words. They're not helpful. And, uh, and, and so I've got lots of stuff going through my mind that I want to say, but I'm running out of time. So you, you get it and, and, and let God give you the wisdom of that. Don't use superlatives. But, but live it, that, that, that's the point. When you're talking about serving and stuff, are you serving in your family? Don't have 50-50, there's no such thing as 50-50 in relationships. You just give 100% regardless of their performance. And you know what, I have a wife that's done that for 30 odd years and she is amazing. I have to say she is amazing. And I want to say that she's amazing. Um, but, uh, but also just in case some of you are thinking there is no perfect marriage, there's no perfect relationship. We aim at it because the more per perfect it gets, the more better it is. 
but I'm not stood here saying, you know, my marriage is perfect. What I'm saying is we've come a long way. We've worked a lot of things through and I've lived with Shelley for 34 years. We courted for four years, but we've lived as a married couple for, for, for 34 years. And, uh, you know, she lives it and it's, it's fantastic. So when she says things to me, I'm a good arguer, but when they live it, you've got to listen to it. Number five, it's not what you say, but it's why you say it. And when you're trying to train your children, it's why you say it. it's coming from a motive of love. You want the best for them. They don't know what they don't know. Same with teenagers. Students are even better. If you've got students living with you, students are brilliant. They're going to change the world. They can't even change the clothes. <laughs> They're amazing and they're full of opinions. I love students because they're full. Well, I think, do you think? It'd be great. Have a second thought, you'd be the genius in your family. But, but they're full of ideals and all that, and that's fantastic. You can't knock that. But you know, you've got to communicate into that and they've got to see your passion as to why you're saying this course of action is what what you need to do as, as my son and my daughter, or this is the kind of relationship. Uh, that, that we're looking for. Um, number six, it's not what you say, but it's how they respond. You know, Jesus, when he communicated, he, he always went for a response. He said things like, do you understand what I'm saying? And he wanted to know, do you understand? Because if you do, then you, um, I require from you something. And it's good because sometimes we think we've communicated and connected but if we don't say, do you understand, and then get some feedback to, to make sure that, that, that people understand, then we're going to assume things that are just not true. And, uh, you know, just by asking that question doesn't mean that your sons and daughters are going to turn around and tell you that, they under, that uh, you know, what they think. Because if you haven't got a great relationship with them, they're just going to go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But really, it's like, blah, 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 blah. You have to build that relationship. You know, 90 odd percent of life is about relationships and we've got to get good at relationships. You may have been unfaithful in the past. You may have been unreliable in the past. You may have been dishonest in the past. You know, with Jesus, the past can be the past and you can draw a line in the sand and you can start a new day. And uh, we encourage people every week to give their lives to Jesus Christ and invite Jesus to come on in to their lives and into their lifestyle and say, convict me of what you think's not good for me. And, and just give me that joy and that sense of, of peace and energy and life when I'm, you know, I'm, 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 on the, I'm on the right track. And you know, as you read the Bible, the Bible does give us tracks to go down also. What's good for you, what's not good for you? What's helpful, what's not helpful? You can learn from other people's mistakes. The Bible is full of broken families, of misfits. It doesn't hide anything, it tells you the truth. Uh, even about the greatest people in the Bible, it tells you about their flaws as well. It's, it's an amazing book, I encourage you uh, to read it during this time. Remember the Bible's a library. There's 66 books in the Bible, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament, and uh, just pick a book and read that book. Don't try to read the whole thing at once. It's like, how do you eat an elephant? a bite at a time how do you read the bible a book at a time 
And so I want to encourage you to do that. But note them things about tone, about the way that you speak. Uh, it's not what you say, but it's when you say it, it's how they receive it, how they respond. And let's work at it. Let's work at communicating during this time. Next week, we're going to be looking, it's Easter time. We're going to be looking at the cross. You know, the, the fulcrum of human life is the cross of Jesus. He died on the cross 2,000 years ago, 2,000 miles away in Israel. Um, but his life has changed this world more than anybody else. Dictators and great heroes have come and gone, but they've all conquered the world by brute force. Napoleon Bonaparte said this, Jesus Christ conquered the world by love. And he said this, and even today, millions would lay down their lives for him. And he was a great leader as Napoleon, and he understood men. And he just thought, how has Jesus been able to evoke that allegiance from tough men? And it's because Jesus is tough and tender. He attracts men and women. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 